listening to Garden Planet with Selena and Karen. Good afternoon. Hi to my everyone. Uh, today's show, we are going to be talking about dying with your plants. Dying? Um, dying. A- <laughs> and dying with dignity? No, 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 no. Dying Dialing with- as in colouring. Dying colours. Just didn't want the listeners to be confused. Oh, they might have been shocked. They're easily confused, Selena. <laughs> Come on now. It's the English language. <laughs> um, so we're going to um, be exploring um, what plants you can use to make dye. And um, we have a plant of the week, which we'll introduce to you first. Of all the saddest words that I have ever heard, the saddest is a story told me by a bird. You'd spend about an hour chatting with a flower, and here's the tale the flower told. Quote, I'm a lonely little petunia and an onion patch. An onion patch. Right, so our plant of the week is one that's um, very much to do with today's topic, in some ways, and in other ways, it's just a plant that we eat. Oh, um, so it's got it's multi-purposed. And what colour? And it? it is crimson. Although, um, funnily enough, I'm going to change that on my write-up now that I've said that because <laughs> I was trying to think of the word, the colour. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia described it as purple or a deep oh. purple. It starts with B. And ends in root. Beetroot. <laughs> Beetroot. Beetroot. And, well, I think it's one that you would want to be getting into the ground about now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Re- very relevant for the time of the year. Mm. The beetroot is actually the taproot portion of a beet plant. Okay, so we're talking about the crimson part mm-hmm. that we like to have on our salads. Well, I do. Hold on a minute, um, Karen. Um, didn't we do a beet plant the other week? I was. That's <laughs> why I asked you. I feel like I've done this before. No, we but did. What was that? Silver beet. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, and then of course you've got your um, your beets. <laughs> the beetles. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, uh, it is one of several cultivated... We're talking about the beetroot plant, okay, guys? Not not to confuse. (laughs) It is one of several cultivated varieties of the beta vulgaris grown for their edible taproots and leaves, also known as beet greens. Do you ever eat the greens part of the... Yes, I do. They're just kind of like silver beet, but smaller. Um, yes, and they have a texture and taste similar to spinach, I read. Yeah. I've never eaten the oh. the greens. I'm going to try that. Try why it. Why not? Why would you only eat Don't one part? it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the domestication of beets can be traced to the emergence of an allele, which in, that's a part of the gene. So, for instance, okay. you have two alleles for every gene. That's what I remember from right. um, Form 6 <laughs> biology. So they traced it back to this emergence of this, which enables biennial harvesting of leaves and taproot. Now, biennial is twice in a year. Mm-hmm. B-I-E-N-N-I-A-L. I always get that confused with biannual, and they're two very different things. 
Biennial. 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 Not biannual. Yeah. I haven't heard of biannual, but biennial. Biennial is when you've got a plant that takes like two years to fruit. So two years, biannual. Okay. Um, So, yeah, so I guess that convenience of that, oh, it's a great producer, we can have it in the ground Mm. quite a bit. Um, and we'll get lots of um, fruit from it or veg, you know, produce yeah. from it. Great. So beets were domesticated in the ancient Middle East primarily for their greens at that time and were grown by the ancient Egyptians, Greeks and Romans. So funny when you talk about plants that are domesticated. I just picture these wild beets running around. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I know uh, because you think... They may obviously grow wild. Yeah. It's some, like, you know... Can, they must do, yeah. They, and that's where the foragers come in. Mm. And they would have been absolutely so onto it with regard to finding the ultimate feast in the ground or above ground or mm. both. What a skill. Um, so, yeah. And then by the Roman era, it is thought that they were cultivated for their roots as well. So that came in during... Um, when Roman was in pa- so, uh, Rome was in power. It's not a new plant. <laughs> Certainly not. From the Middle Ages, beetroot was used as a treatment for a variety of conditions, especially illnesses relating to digestion in the blood. During the middle of the 19th century, wine was often coloured with beetroot juice. And then there's the yellow-coloured beetroots. I did not know. I know. And I saw pictures of them too, so I presume it's real. Who knows these days? It's like the golden kiwi fruit. And they are, (laughs) the yellow coloured beetroots are grown on a very small scale for home consumption, so they're not a big one. Um, But I would like to try that Mm. just out of, for curiosity reasons. Beetroot is such a staple of the kiwi burger, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> and it's funny that you say that because um, when I, on Wikipedia they went through all the, you know, nations that use beetroot in their and, cuisine. Yeah. And the old uh, beetroot in the burger was put down as an Aussie classic. What? <laughs> I don't yeah. believe that. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so for consumption, young beet, beet leaves can be added raw to salads whilst the mature leaves are most commonly served boiled or steamed. Uh, the purple roots of beets are eaten, boiled, roasted, raw, either alone or combined with any salad vegetable. A large proportion of the commercial production is processed into boiled beets or into pickles. Mm. A traditional Pennsylvania Dutch dish is pickled beet egg. Have you heard of that one? Um, not really, I'm not familiar with Pennsylvania Dutch dishes. <laughs> what, really? <laughs> You're not? Where, where have you been? Oh, I don't live in America. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do, you, what do you reckon a pickled beet egg would be? Well, would it be an egg dyed like beetroot red? Pretty much. Hard-boiled, hard-boiled eggs are refrigerated in the liquid left over from pickling beets and allowed to marinate until the eggs turn a deep pink-red colour. Awesome. 
This sounds interesting. I reckon it would be quite a nice taste too. Because mm. I like the taste of egg and I like the taste of beetroot. So I reckon you're onto a winner I there. Mean, yeah. I'm going to try that, but I don't really pickle beets. I don't know about the pickling part. They might be a bit kind of vinegary for me. I don't know. Yeah, when you pickle something, you have to add vinegar, eh? Yeah. So, you know, like the beetroots I get in the cans, yum. Yes. I wonder if I could just chuck a hard-boiled egg. You know, I'm going to try oh, it. just try it. <laughs> it it's all about giving a go this yeah. week. Um, yeah. In Eastern Europe, beet soup is common. Have you ever had that? No, but I've had beetroot hummus. Yes. It's a That's very nice colour. <laughs> do you like, don't, not a fan of the taste though? No, or? it's quite nice. It's just hummus with a bit of beetroot in it. Yeah. And then um, Indian cuisine, they use it chopped, cooked, spiced, so all of those things. And I know this because I've made it. And they use that as a common side dish. So basically just cook it up, oh, chop it up, spice it up, cook it, boom, side dish. Mm. It's quite yummy. Actually, okay. I think they use um, definitely curry leaves, I remember. Was it fennel? Some spices in there, but it was yum. It went really nicely, and you put it with the rice, and yeah, makes for a really colourful dish. Mm. And then maybe if you have like a like a turmeric sort of yeah, to be. the side. And you, Quite rainbowy. So, yeah. <laughs> So um, some uses for beetroot. When beet juice is used, it is most stable in foods with a low water content. I don't know why I wrote that. I just found it interesting. Such as frozen novelties and fruit fillings. So maybe if you're putting it as like a juice, a beetroot juice, it's not going to remain as stable. Maybe the colour will fade or the taste or something because there's a lot of water. Yeah. Whereas more concentrated things, it's better suited to. I don't know. You're going to talk a bit yeah, more about talk a bit about that the colourings of it, and so maybe in a con- concentrated form, it's yeah. best. Eh? Yeah, um, you get like it's more effective. Um, betanins obtained from the roots are usually industrial used industrially as red food colourants to intensify the colour. For example, of tomato paste, sauces. Desserts, jams, jellies, ice cream, sweets, and even breakfast cereals. Oh. <laughs> I, I can vouch for that because my son is a big fan of Kellogg's Fruit Loops. Oh. And I'm just like, it's basically these little rings of wheat that are all coloured. Right. And have a faint taste of fruit. It's weird. I don't know. I'm just like, why? Because they're Fruit Loops, Karen. Well, yeah, he's a Fruit Loop. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> fruit Loops for Fruit Loops. I, it's just like such a why. I don't understand it. But then the, on the pa- and I'm like, there's so much colour and there's so much taste going on Is and it, milk. You put it in milk. Oh, it's just like it's weird. It's weird. I know, but a lot of kids like I've discovered love them. It's just kids are weird, but. I noticed on the packet, being a conscientious mother and all, yes. that um, it was all like natural colourings and stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, right, well, I can cope with that. So I bet you, I'm going to check this out. I bet you they use for the um, purple ones. Beetroot. Yeah, I bet you they use beetroot oh. colouring for that. Well, you can write to Kellogg's and ask them. I reckon it'll be on the packet. Well, okay, I'm going to look up uh, betanin. Yeah. That's what the part okay. of the... better than. So they've got all these, you know, technical names for them now. Well, yeah, yeah, that's... 
that's what they I yeah they have to put that on okay. the because I, I studied food tech oh, for a while and they have oh, to put all the fancy okay. names that yeah I maybe mean, sometimes they'll put in brackets like you know what it is yeah. like beetroot like, in brackets for and national you know, is something that's oh, I can't remember what it was but it's plants it is a plant something yeah <laughs> that's that's the name of the food coloring i mean the average person isn't going to go oh bitten oh, oh yeah, beet. Of yes of course right yeah <laughs> you know, i mean we're, we're not the chase you know yeah. we're like oh. they're like encyclopedia well, we might do a quiz oh, for another of course, show. <laughs> of course that's just what i was thinking um and then i've got one not so fun fact because i that? normally have a few fun facts oh. So food shortages in Europe around 1920, so just after the First World War, caused great hardships, including cases of deficiency diseases like this one called Mangal Wurzel disease. What? And apparently this was a disease symptomatic of eating only beets. Oh, like... But I think it would probably be symptomatic maybe if you only ate potatoes or if you only ate celery. I can't imagine people turning bright beet red. Yeah, well, I know that I had a friend that went, all he ate was carrots. And then he turned orange. Every morning, yeah, he did. He was literally turning orange. I know carotemia. So it's a one. thing, eh? Yeah, yeah he, he did. I was like, Wayne. What about the, dude, like the... You're turning orange, man. Blueberries, like... You know, and Charlie and Chuck. Oh, Violet. Violet. Um, You're telling yeah. Violet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they, oh. they obviously only had fields okay. of beets in this particular too area. Many, too many. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. That's. Um, little not so fun fact, mm. but yeah. So that's beetroots, guys. Oh. Um, in the garden, are you growing it at the moment? No, oh, oh, not unless are we growing it at the community garden. I Probably think we, are. we We're, usually yeah, do. Yeah, and I usually like to grab so a few. So I might grab some and do some pickled. Oh, well, egg beetroot. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Karen. Um, the, oh, that that yeah. one's called. If you want to know how to do it, pickled beet egg. Yeah. So if <laughs> I, if you do do it, I would like to try that because okay, vice versa. I've done I, tea eggs. Or, or mum's done tea. I know um, people do put eggs in vinegar. Um, there's a science experiment that oh. a lot of teachers like to do. Um, this is just from what I've seen working in schools. It's a simple experiment. Um, and it's quite funny because I'm doing like a term in a classroom. Well, uh, the ladies had heart surgery. So, yeah, so I'm in there for Heather. But... Before she ended up in hospital, she was doing this vinegar egg experiment, ah, yes. and she was telling the teachers, "Can you? Pl- I've got thirty vinegar eggs in my fridge. Oh. Can someone maybe just go in uh, along with the milk? Just yeah. get that out, please." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. but don't worry, I won't give you thirty um, pickled okay. beet eggs. Okay. Maybe one or two. Just one we'll have two. a taste test. I'm just excited to we'll see the colour it. change. If yeah. anything, all right. Um, let's go to our song because it will just, we just want to brighten things up a bit. Surround me 
Taylor Clark singing Color My World. Oh, uh, that sounded so lovely. So what a lovely, lovely way to, um, you know, enjoy the, our Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about dyeing with your plants mm. or colouring in with your plants. Um, and yes, did you know that a lot of uh, plants can, you know, give you colour? Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. Yay. Um, what is dye, though, um, as opposed to pigment? Dye is a coloured substance that bonds to a substrate when it is applied, okay? Mm-hmm. So it has... You said you weren't going to get technical. Oh, well, this is just no, one technical sentence. I love technicalities. So it will stick to whatever it is that it's going to yeah. colour. Yeah, I totally got yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a dye is soluble in water, so that's a bit different from a paint. So, so it's um, water soluble, yeah. not fat soluble. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the good thing about natural dyes, the ones made of plants, dyes actually can be made from minerals or animals, but um, they can also be made from plants, mm. is that they are not um, going to harm the environment. Mm. So that's the plus, is mm. nowadays a lot of things are chemically dyed from... Are only plants dyes water-soluble? Because plants don't contain fat, do they? Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I think... Oh, it won't be just plants. I think other things can be, but um, mm. dye is... Dye is quite I a bit something. different from, yeah. say, paint or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, because we yeah, dyes- never really thought about it. Yeah. Well, um, and when you think about it, like, say, if you're washing something up in the sink or whatever, yeah. you always see the colours leach out into the water. Yeah. Quite. And then you think about, oh, where's that water going and what's in that water? Mm. Is that natural or...? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why um, I was kind of looking into this. And when we did our paper episode, I thought about all the stuff that goes into make paper mm. and all the water. And then I thought, oh, what about all the coloured paper? So mm. I, yeah. Um, so natural dyes, yes, they can be made from plants. So they can be made from the roots, the berries, the bark the leaves, mm-hmm. even like it can be made from fungi and lichens, did you know? Yes, I did know that actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of plants um, can be used and the plant parts might not necessarily be the colour that it turns out to be. So, mm. um, Yeah, there's a lady down south, I watched this on Country Calendar a while back, she's all into natural dyeing and She's got a big sheep station, yeah. and she goes around their ranch, yes, looking for lichens and all sorts of interesting natural colorants to color the wool, yes, and then sell it colored, yeah. And it's fascinating, yeah. Some of the colors are so pretty, yeah, and you wouldn't even know, no. And I think it takes a bit of experimenting mm. to find out what plants there are and what color they'll turn out to be, okay. Mm. Um, if you're going about dyeing, you need a lot, quite a lot of plant material and lots of water. 
And then there's also something you might need called a mordant, which fixes the colour. Oh, yeah. So that's a separate thing. So you could use, um, most commonly used as alum or um, lemon. Is a chemical? Uh, it's a mineral. Okay. And, or you could use aloe vera, which is found out to be, makes the dyes fix. Yes. So they won't wash out. What about vinegar? Um... I'm not sure about vinegar, but vinegar. Just because um, I've started dyeing my hair with natural henna lately. Yeah, and for those of the people out there that uh, (laughs) suffer from the odd grey, yes, they yeah they recommended for the like. So if you wanted a real good hold of the colour, yeah, and you've got lighter hair. Yeah. Um, use apple cider vin, like oh, chuck a couple of. Do. Yeah, and, and uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then someone, a teacher made me some coloured rice to, for my class and said, oh, you can use this in your art and whatever. And she used vinegar, she cooked it up in vinegar f- with the dye. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay, yep. Yeah, you could use um, rhubarb and also lemon. Um, and what you do is you I chop see, acid. Yeah, acid. Uh, you chop up all the plant material, then you add water, uh, which is double the amount of the plant material, and then you bring it to the boil, and then you simmer it for at least 60 minutes, and then you add whatever substance you want to dye, mm. and then you boil it again and simmer again. Oh, it's And quite leave a it in the bath until it gets all the colour. And the colour might not um, be... Uh, the colour it stays because it might, you know, it can change. So it's not like the reason why people go into synthetic um, chemical dyes is they tend, tend to stay to, the yeah. same colour. Well, yeah, but fluorescent. With, but with the plants, um, they kind of like they're a bit chameleon, so they can change. And yeah, it will yeah, be yeah. like a unique colour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what they've said and about it would fade as well. Yeah, probably. it might fade, but these dyes are called fugitive dyes that fade. But then you can also get substantive dyes, which are the ones that are fixed. Um, they will be fixed if you add a mordant to it. Yeah. Um, so that's what what it's for. Okay. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, there's also adjective dyes. That was a bit technical. Oh, we'll just give it a go. Yeah, because good on this you. is a bit you know, you never know what might come good out. On you. And so what plants can we use to make dye? Well, I did all the colours of the rainbow, so I'll just give you a list of Okay. So Okay. So um Red, of course, beetroot. <laughs> yeah. Any other ones for um, red? What about those berries on that native? Um the Oh, well, I've got strawberries, purple sage, tomato juice, raspberries, and I had a whole list of natives, which I'll come to oh, the end okay, of. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, you've got red, and then you've got orange, which is carrots, um, butternut seeds, onion skins. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yellow, you've got marigolds, um dandelions, yarrow, sunflowers, turmeric, okay. And what about aloe vera? Have you ever had aloe vera stain anything of yours? Oh, when like turned it's bright ne- green. My, my, yeah, like it was like a fluorescent oh, yellowy green. Yeah. And it was like I could, couldn't get it out. Oh, okay. Well, under green I've got um, spinach leaves, and of course, grass because grass uh, Yeah, uh, calendula flowers, red onion. Would you believe for green? Yeah, and um, 
one that snuck in there was Poro Poro, which is uh, one of our natives. Yeah. Uh, okay, going to pink. Pink, we've got camellia. Nice. Roses, I assume the rose petals. Uh, Japanese maple leaves. Oh, yeah. 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 Lavender and avocado seeds. Interesting. Um, and then... I suppose they are a little pinky when you chop them open. Okay. For the blues and purples, you've got cherries, blueberries, hibiscus flowers, mulberries and olives. Yeah. Grapes. And the olives are a little bit purple. Yeah. And red cabbage. So, yeah. Oh, hang on. What colour was this one? Blue, bluey purple. Oh, yeah. Red cabbage. Yeah. yeah. Red cabbage, yeah. yes. And then brown, of course, you've got henna, which we use for our hair. Um, hollyhock, walnuts, coffee, black beans, sage. Yeah. Interesting. There was someone in there that I was like, I would never have picked. Okay. Maybe um, go back and play this again and oh. write it all down. <laughs> or I'll just text you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for some of our native plants, I've already mentioned Porta Porta, which gives us green. Yeah. Um, Kofi gives us yes. yellow. Um, Karamu or Coprosma will give us gold or bronze. Yeah. Um, uh, Twiggy Coprosma will give us orange. And this is the bark. Uh, Kawakawa will give us lime green. Mm. And Koi Koi will give us bluish green. I had not really sure about what that plant is. Yeah. Not familiar. But blue green would be a nice colour to have. And um, Remo bark, a lot of the bark of the trees will give us browns. Yeah. And Tawa berries will give us purple and greens. Oh, that's fascinating. What are the pink, the red berries that the Maoris used to oh. use a lot? What were those ones? Oh. I can't, the name eludes me. Oh, can you email Nero? us? Oh, I'm not sure. Is it not Karaka? Anyway. Yeah. No, th- oh, <laughs> give, yeah, Karaka. Give it a go. It, uh, yeah. Just try it. Just, you know, yeah. any plants that you think, oh, might make a good dye, give it a go mm, and see definitely. what it comes out with because I'm, yeah, really quite keen to try. All right, everyone. I think we've... I think we've reached the end. <laughs> Once again. Um, I'm going to give that beetroot eggs a go. Yeah, me and, too. Yeah. Um, happy gardening because, yeah, you've got all those colours in your garden. Yeah, have a colourful rest of your day, guys. Happy gardening. See you later. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. That's all we have time for. Come back next week for more great gardening tips at Garden Planet. You can find us on Facebook on our Garden Planet Facebook page or email us at gardenplanetfm at gmail.com if you want to ask us anything about gardening. Happy gardening, everyone, and we'll be back next week. Parsley, sage, rosemary